This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, September 23rd. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're doing an early bird edition of the show this Friday. Uh, you have a conflict, so we're recording an hour early, which is A-OK. Uh, doing the live show, again, it's Friday. Um, even earlier than usual, though, so not sure how many people will be joining us this morning, but that's okay. Uh, getting the podcast up is normal. Um, Brad, uh, anything uh, off the bat stick out to you about this uh, Friday uh, slate we have coming up? No, it's pretty typical. Uh, the main thing is there's no real aces. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big, big names that are out there, they have issues with their matchups for the most part. So, you know, there's not going to be like someone you must use, a Max Scherzer versus the Phillies kind of scenario. Uh, gives you a lot of flexibility with your lineups and should produce a lot of different lineups out of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not a not a bad slate. Um, you mentioned to me before the show you do not have a uh, an invitational going on today. Is that is that winding down? Uh, it, it's winding down. Uh, we didn't get it filled yesterday, and I've already bumped it down to fifteen users for contests. So mm-hmm. it's uh, definitely running out of steam. And we only got one week left, so yeah. I, I got this conflict today, and then yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get back on track next week for the grand finale. Yeah. This is our uh, second to last show. Uh, next Friday will be the last podcast of the season. Trying to get uh, Paul Sporer to come join us. That is not locked in, but uh, but he's a solid maybe right now, which would be fun because he was here for our, our first show. So hopefully we can work that out uh, and have Paul join us to, to close out the season. would be good. Brad, you got anything uh, baseball-wise before we, uh, we get into it? Did you see uh, the Orioles giving David Ortiz that bullpen phone? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Uh, uh, I've only really seen the uh, Steve Clevenger nonsense from yeah. last night. The Steve Clevenger stuff is uh, certainly nonsense. We don't get very <laughs> uh, we don't get political on the show, but I think we can go ahead and say that was nonsense <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, that is a that is a don't tweet lesson for my, sure. My my big takeaway from that is Steve Clevenger is not Mike Clevenger. Yes, and Mike Clevenger may. One day be a very useful and interesting fantasy player, and yeah. Steve Clevenger. <laughs> there was a Especially minute. Now. There was a minute where, if you squinted right, you were like, "I could see Steve Clevenger doing something," but he didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It, as like the, the kind of like backup guy that you mm-hmm. use on Sundays, a David Ross type, maybe. Yeah. Well, I was he hoping he'd hit his way on something. He did not, though. Yeah, and he spells his name a little bit differently. The Clevenger is spelled with the an E instead of an I, but. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Clevenger got some tweets. <laughs> and he was like, what did I do? <laughs> Wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the David Ortiz thing, that bullpen sm- phone he smashed three years ago or so famously uh, for his last game at Camden Yards, uh, the uh, the Orioles gave it to him. They still had it lying around in pieces <laughs> in the city, uh, which, is, uh, which is pretty funny. That's a, that's a good parting gift for sure. Someone thought ahead. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna hold on to this. Somebody had it, and they uh, they gave it to him. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so that's the the funny and less funny happenings going on in baseball lately. Um, yeah, Brad. Anything else before we get into these Friday games for you? No, let's get cracking. All right. So on Friday, there's a day game. It's a Wrigley. We're not touching that for DFS stuff. Mike Leake against Jake Arrieta. But we are gonna look at these other 14 games. Still plenty to go with. Uh, Brad, we start at catcher. Who are you looking at at catcher on Friday? Uh, so, for the most part, I'm looking at big names. Uh, I'll mention Yasmani Grandal right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the double homer game yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, someone I was recommending a lot, because uh, he has that upside on any given day. Yeah. Today he's up against John Gray. It's a tougher opponent. Uh, Gray's coming off his own masterpiece, nine mm-hmm. innings, 16 strikeouts. Uh, that was against the Padres, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, so. Dodgers are a tougher opponent. Uh, Grandal could definitely get involved with some offense, and he's always a double homer threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very unlikely that he'll do it two days in a row, but uh, it's not impossible. It's almost just as likely as him doing it one day. Uh, it's, it's Every day is independent, you know? Yeah. So there's that double homer threat there. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Gary Sanchez, if you have a lot of money, uh, always a double homer threat. would see him up against Francisco Liriano. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a... Uh... Toronto. He's been terrible against lefties this year. Do you not care? Eh, no, I, I really don't. Yeah. It's not something I, I really buy into. 
especially you're, you're looking at a really, really small sample of lefties. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be more concerned with Liriano just having a good outing. He's been on and off as a Blue Jay, and when he's mm-hmm. on, he's looked pretty good. Sure. Yeah, um, but, you know, any day you can afford Gary Sanchez is totally fine. You're going to pay for it, but, no, I agree. I'm not that worried about him getting lefties either. The, the numbers have been bad, but the small, small sample size. So, yeah, I like that, especially in Toronto. Yep. The other expensive homer threat that I'd be looking at is Evan Gaddis. Uh, Gaddis, I usually kind of consider, like, a, an all-or-nothing one-home run guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he doesn't really get the multi-homers too often anymore. Uh, he's up against Alex Meyer, who's quite inconsistent. Really no command whatsoever in the majors this year. Hasn't had that problem in the minors so much, so it's an interesting juxtaposition right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, see how he goes uh, forward uh, if he continues walking everybody and throwing cookies. Uh, but right now he's been homer prone. He's walked everyone, and so Gas has a pretty nice matchup against him. Yeah, and the Angels' bullpen is, you know, right. pretty uh, explosive. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Grandall thing, is I don't love the matchup against John Gray, but assuming John Gray doesn't go eight innings, you know, or whatever, you get the Rockies' bullpen, and that's always, uh, you know, a good silver lining for those guys, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, any other catchers stick out to you? I don't, I don't think there's any that you really must use beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those are my big three. There, there's certainly other plays to be made. Uh, Cameron Rupp's a decent high-floor guy up against Gabriel Noah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the uh, Stephen Matz start that was scratched. Mm-hmm. So now uh, looking at Enoa and probably the Mets bullpen, it's already worn out from yesterday a little bit. Yeah. Um, I try to dig a little bit. I mean, you can do Jonathan Lucroy getting Kendall Graveman. You can do Buster Boise mm-hmm. getting right. Evan Jackson. You know, those guys are, are fine for sure. Um, if I want to dig a little bit, um, I mean, Jason Castro gets Alex Meyer for the reasons you like Evan Gaddis. A little less pop, but you're getting Alex Meyer who's been bad and you get the angels bullpen so i'm fine with that um right. nick nick hunley gets scott casimir nick hunley strongly prefers Coors field but he also prefers lefties so if, if you want to do that uh, a little bit cheaper um him going to la i'm okay with that um but but to get a to get real cheap um james mccann gets danny duffy and the only time james mccann looks like a formidable major league hitter is when he gets a lefty danny duffy's pretty good though so it's not like a yeah. great exploitable lefty. So I don't love it, but I at least write down when James McCann gets a lefty. If you want to go real cheap, I don't think that's nuts. And then um, I wrote Tucker Barnhart getting Zach Davies. And Zach Davies is fine, and I like this matchup for him. But again, I was looking for cheap catchers, because a lot of people prefer to go cheap there. Um, when Tucker Barnhart hits righties, and Zach Davies is, you know, good, not great. And the Brewers bullpen's nothing special. Um, you think Tucker Barnhart going to Milwaukee, getting Zach Davies is okay for a punt, or not for you? Yeah, no, I I frequently find myself outing Tucker Barnhart as my punt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's had, he has more power than most of the catcher punts out there, mm-hmm. and he's usually playing a really good pit, hitter's park. Yeah. Uh, today it's Miller Park, a uh, nice friendly environment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like him as a punt. Yeah, no, that, that's not a stud option at all. It's just, do you, do you want to spend for Lucroy, Posey, or Grandall, or do you just want to go cheap there and spend elsewhere? And if you want to go cheap, uh, I think Tucker Barnhart is totally, uh, you know, doable. Um, all right, let's move on to first base. I only wrote down six names, which is, like, not very many for first base, um, but, but kept it a little brief. Still plenty of places to go. Brad, who are you looking at at first base? So my big takeaway and probably the same reason why you have six names is there just really isn't uh, good bargains today. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to want to pay. Uh, that, that said, there are plenty of places to go on the upper end of the scale. Uh, they're just going to be expensive. Uh, so like Chris Davis and Pedro Alvarez, they're both up against Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm inclined to prefer Alvarez right now uh, just because he's probably going to be the less popular of the two, even though he pretty much has the same pop. Mm-hmm. He, he's actually more expensive on DraftKings than on FanDuel uh, relative to Chris Davis, so that's a, a limiting factor a little bit. Uh, you also have the Indians' first baseman, Carlos Santana and Mike Napoli. I like them both up against Miguel Gonzalez. He's a bit homer-prone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzalez hasn't been pitching pretty well this year, but still a guy that you can go after try to exploit, especially with a few one-off plays. Uh, there's always Paul Goldschmidt. He's up against Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, that one's in Baltimore, and you know, fantastic matchup. 
Uh, Freddie Freeman has Andrew Castor. That's a great matchup. Yeah. Joey Votto has Zach Davies. Uh, Davies has done well keeping the ball in the yard this year, but Miller Park for lefties this year saw the park factor on something like 145. Uh, so that's Coors Field plus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's going to be a little bit of a small sample fluke too, but it, you're still looking at a park that's playing scorchingly hot for lefty power. And so Joey Votto looks good today against Davies. And then I like Will Myers against Albert Suarez, too. Sure. Yeah, so they're, they're definitely good matchups. I don't see any, like, huge slam dunks, but definitely places that should be just fine. You know, Freeman getting Kashner definitely stands out to me in terms of great hitter and whatever pitcher. Um, how about Edwin Encarnacion getting Brian Mitchell? I mean, that's in Toronto. That's uh, yep, I like it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell's um, a guy that I might be picking on. He's uh, very reliant on his 95-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, the other stuff's not really there. Uh, he's got cutter and a curve being a little timid with both of them, it seems to me. Uh, less so with the cutter. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a, that great of a pitch. Might be a tough day in Toronto for him, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about uh, Miguel Cabrera getting Danny Duffy? Again, he likes lefties, but that's a pretty good lefty. Is that kind of a weird middle zone for you? Well, we, we may as well talk about Duffy now. He's potentially him and Chris Archer are the most talented pitchers on the board today. Mm-hmm. Duffy's got the Tigers. They're very right-handed. They're very potent. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to get through that lineup yeah. time after time without allowing something to somebody. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with platoon splits or anything like that. It's just they're all really good hitters. Yeah. Uh, so you you got to watch out for Duffy. He has the potential to shut them down. You know, Every offense can be shut down on a given day. Uh, at the same time, somebody is liable to do some damage against him just because yeah. it's going to happen probably. <laughs> yeah, I picked some Tigers for sure. It's, it's a tough – it's so right-handed. They beat on lefties for sure. Um, I also wrote down Adrian Gonzalez getting John Gray. I don't love it. I, Adrian Gonzalez has been so uninspiring lately. I mean, he still puts up some numbers, but in terms of first base where you see some great ceilings, you know, like Edwin and, and Goldie and whatnot, like Adrian Gonzalez kind of all right, you know. Um, he does get that Rockies bullpen <laughs> yeah. eventually, too. Um, so I think you can do it just as, you know, a name to put in where he might fit, but I'm not pumped about it. Um, I did have a deep first base pick. Uh, it's, it's, you don't get to go cheap at first base a lot. But I did write down Billy Butler getting Francisco Liriano. Mostly because I want to say Billy Butler when he started playing for the Yankees. Like, I, it's just weird to me to have him in pinstripes. Um, they got him to face lefties, and he's going to get a lefty, and he gets Francisco Liriano. So, yeah, you know, I, I pretty rarely go cheap at first base. But if you are going to build a, a lineup that does that, um, you know, that's the matchup for him. This is where you would use him. So it is supposedly a Billy Butler day. Okay, let's move on to second base. Brad, who are you looking at at, uh, at second base? Uh, well, well, these days, Brian Dozier doesn't stop hitting home runs. He's up against yeah. a lefty, James Paxton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Dozier. I don't know why teams still pitch to him. <laughs> but mm. it's uh, it's definitely looking like uh, another day to use him. Uh, he has cooled off slightly in the last few games. Only one home run in his last, like, six or seven. <laughs> so he's still, uh, you know, completely on fire. I'd be more than happy to use him if I have the money. Mm-hmm. Similarly expensive, Trey Turner up against Jameson Tyon. Uh, Turner, again, very expensive, very good, uh, more of a well-rounded skill set than Dozier, uh, which I, I tend to like taking those well-rounded guys. They have a higher floor. Uh, they still have a ceiling there of you know, a home run and multiple steals or something that could turn into you know the same big numbers as a double homer game. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Jose Altuve has been a little cool lately, but Alex Meyer, I think, is someone he could exploit as with the uh, Angels bullpen. Uh, trying to get a little bit cheaper, you know, guys you might actually be able to roster. Uh, D. Gordon, I like the matchup against Matt Whistler. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably going to get another four or five balls in play from him. Uh, depending on how those turn out, might have a chance for multiple steals. And, and that's really his version of the double homer game. You get three steals out of him. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done that against Atlanta recently, uh, so there's no reason to say that he can't do it again. He's been not that impressive since he came back, but... I, I mean, it's Matt Whistler and it's the Braves, you know. I don't think there's any reason he can't do well. Yeah, and I've looked into that a couple times, and it, it's a couple related things. His soft hit contact's really high. His line drive rate's low. Mm-hmm. It, 
to me, it just says that there's some things that are going to regress, and his backup's slow, too, as a result. Yeah. Uh, so w- when you get the soft hit contact going back to his normal rate, you get the line drive rate going back to normal, you get, you get normal D. Gordon again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and he's been better recently. Uh, that's the other thing to, to look at. Uh, he seems to be back on track. Yeah, I definitely like the matchup enough that he should be fine. Um, who else are you looking at at second base? Always like Ryan Schimpf. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome GPP play with his power. Uh, fly ball hitter. Uh, Petco Park uh, has a home park that tends to scare people away uh, between the reputation as a pitcher's park and also just because people have a – we've talked about this a couple times, the uh, East Coast bias on picking lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as common uh, to go with the West Coast teams. Uh, so you get low ownership rates on him. He's got big power numbers. You know, it's great GPB play, and I think against Suarez, it's a nice play. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with him. I agree. You know, he's an all-or-nothing guy. He's trying to have the season where he has more homers and singles, which is hilarious and fun. <laughs> uh, but he's on his way. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, anybody else sticking out to you? There's others, you know, your Robinson Cano's and whatnot, but I'll turn it over to you, let you get a few names in. I got a bunch. It's uh, Second base has been so deep. Devin Travis getting Brian Mitchell is totally fine, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's righty righty on righty, but he handles that fine often from the leadoff spot. Uh, Gene Segura getting Giovanni Gallardo is also fine with me. Um, You know, he's been decent lately, and Gallardo is whatever. Uh, How about... Uh, do you like Jason Kipnis getting Miguel Gonzalez for the White Sox? Yeah, I like Kipnis most days. It's another good one for him. Yeah. Um, uh, Logan Forsythe gets a lefty and Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz continues to be kind of confusing. You're like, yeah. you're, he's talented for sure, but then sometimes just does not go well. Uh, I don't know what to do with him against the Rays, but I like Logan Forsythe getting a lefty is uh, is what's important. Um, Robinson Cano getting Robinson Cano, pardon me, getting uh, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson is uh, always, you know, exploitable. Has his bad days. Every <laughs> once in a while he turns it on, but a lot of times he is not on. Uh, so Robinson Cano going there. If you want to pay for him, it's fine. Um, or DJ LeMahieu getting Scott Casimir. DJ LeMahieu has just been awesome, and Scott Casimir is whatever and a lefty. So I think that's a, a pretty good matchup for him. Um, and my last one, uh, yeah, they'll play a few places, but if you get him in second base, I'm fine with it. Uh, Sean Rodriguez getting Gio Gonzalez. Do you like him getting in there, getting a lefty? Yeah, I was going to name drop him up before we went to third base. Yeah. Uh, he's just been yeah. so scorchingly hot lately. Yeah. Uh, one of those September stories, uh, like Ryan Rayburn a few years back when he had like 10 home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodriguez is going off, uh, hitting everything out of the park. Still mm-hmm. games in PNC Park, I'd probably let other people buy into the hot streak yeah. and uh, bait with someone else who's a little more reliable. Yeah. Uh, we do have one person in the chat uh, this early with us. Uh, <laughs> I want to shout out to our early bird listener um, commenting that uh, Turner is uh, great for uh, playing with PNC. PNC is going to play to his speed. Um, and it's hard, hard to say that there's many bad parks for Trey Turner. Uh, yeah, he's been outrageous. What do you, what do you do with Trey Turner next year in drafts? I know that's way too early now. It's, is somebody going to take him way too early, basically? Yeah, I'm not going to really be able to get a share of him because I, I came in expecting a lot less than what we're seeing, to be mm-hmm. honest. Oh, yeah. So even when I adjust my expectations upwards, I still have this baseline where there's certain issues and red flags I see in the profile that just aren't showing through right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm – there's some guys, their, their athleticism will – override those issues mm-hmm. uh, like uh, John Carlos Stanton doesn't really actually have that good of a swing but he's so athletic so powerful that it doesn't matter he still blasts home runs everywhere yeah uh, Turner could be you know a speedier version of that where his athleticism takes care of some of the, the, the red flags that I've seen yeah players like him and Gary Sanchez you just kind of go well if I don't get to draft yeah. them next year because yeah. somebody's going to take Gary him. Sanchez is going to be the Kyle Schwarber of yeah. next season yeah, and it's too bad we didn't get to see what Kyle Schwarber was going to do. Uh, we'll see next year. He'll be an interesting one next year. Anyway, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's you know, full-on fantasy stuff, and that's that's all next year. Um, <laughs> all right, let's uh, – any other second base one before we get to third base? I think we can move on. There okay. are others, but we can move on. <laughs> okay, uh, on to third, where I don't have quite as many as I had at second, but still plenty. Who are you looking at at third base? 
Uh, you got Evan Longoria up against Pomerantz, and we'll, we'll talk about Pomerantz more in a bit. Uh, he's, like you mentioned, a little enigmatic in terms of trying to figure out what to expect. Mm-hmm. Nolan Arenado, also excellent matchup against Scott Kazmir. Kazmir's mm-hmm. probably limited to something like 50 pitches. Uh, I, from what I can tell, the most he's thrown is a 35-pitch bullpen. And mm-hmm. so I can't really imagine him going very far in this at all. Maybe three, four innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems like a stretch to me. I think they're just giving him a live spot start, you know, a, a little bullpen session against real hitters. Sure. Um, so Arenado against Casimir in the Dodgers bullpen, I don't mind that. Similarly, Manny Machado, if you have the money for him, up against Shelby Miller. Yeah. That Orioles stack should be very popular today. And uh, for good reason. Uh, it's in Baltimore against a really bad pitcher with a really bad bullpen behind him. Uh, I like that a lot. You know, Shelby Miller's become a name you can circle on the schedule, which is kind of sad. But uh, it's yeah. true. And there's a lot of those high-ceiling uh, Baltimore guys. I'm into that. Do you like the other side? Do you like Jake Lamb getting Giovanni Gallardo at all? <sighs> he, he's been so cold. I do yeah. like Jake Lamb. Uh, I do like going after Giovanni Gallardo. But Lamb's just been not there for most of the second half. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it hard for me to go after him in DFS. I'm still riding him in season-long leagues. Still you know, hoping he blasts five home runs this last week. But it's been for, cold. for DFS, I'm more inclined to go after someone like uh, Ryan Healy versus uh, Hamels or something like that. Yeah. Uh, similar profile and uh, a lot cheaper. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, how about Josh Donaldson getting Brian Mitchell? That's a green light for sure, right? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Never really a day you can't use Josh Donaldson. If you can afford it, go nuts. Um, he doesn't really face Clayton Kershaw, and I'd use him against anyone else. Yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez gets Miguel Gonzalez. Jose Ramirez continues to be just fine. The White Sox bullpen oh, yeah. is nothing special. I think that's totally in play. Um, I have Jonathan VR here uh, at third base, but he gets Anthony DeSclafani who's pretty decent, but he also gets the Reds' bullpen. Uh, and he's just kind of had such a crazy breakout year. Um, I'm fine with Jonathan VR. Um, Kyle Seeger gets Kyle Gibson. Kyle versus Kyle. Again, if you want to go against Kyle Gibson, who has his, his blowout problems, that's A-OK with you, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Last couple names I had. Uh, Miguel Sano gets James Paxton. I like James Paxton, but Sano getting a lefty is always interesting, right? Yep. I'm always intrigued by Sano. I forget why I looked into it earlier today and thumbs downed it and yeah. i don't remember the detail that i picked <laughs> up on that said yeah but so something about it, it brad doesn't like there's enough other names yeah. at third base that i just feel like if you have a hesitation about anything like jake lamb i'm like find another one you like there's just places yep. to go there's no reason to settle at third base yeah any other third base names for you uh jose reyes is up against jeremy hulkson who has some mm-hmm. trouble against lefties uh reyes if i recall is getting most of his power against left-handed pitchers yeah he beats year, up on lefties yeah which is interesting uh but he, he probably not looking for power against helix and uh still the, the matchup is decent on a platoon level yeah and uh he's not too expensive yeah and then uh anthony rendon's pretty cheap on DraftKings, 3500 a nice high floor uh, can have a high ceiling it has those days when he puts together big outings mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't have any issues with rendon against tyone today Cool. Um, all right, let's move on to shortstop. I had six names, which is not a lot for 14 games, but enough to, to have options. Who are you looking at at shortstop, Brad? Well, I'm guessing uh, well, if you're on DraftKings, you got Sean Rodriguez again, uh, Manny Machado again. We've already talked about a little bit, uh, but they, they work at shortstop too. Uh, I'm guessing you're looking at guys like Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor. Uh, Corey Seager. Uh, the big names mm-hmm. are mostly affordable, actually. Uh, on DraftKings, Lindor's 3200 uh, Seager's more expensive. He's up against John Gray, and that matchup's pretty tough. Perez at the top of the list on DraftKings against Alex Meyer mm-hmm. at 5200 That's going to be really tough to afford. There's a lot of good values at shortstop today, and so I probably am going cheaper there and looking to make my big plays at like first base and outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, also like Marcus Semien against Cole Hamels, a uh, mm-hmm. good lefty masher. And Hamels has his days where he allows home runs. Uh, it's it's not consistent. You can't count on it. And I wouldn't advocate for a full Oakland stack, but you can go after one or two guys in there and hope they hit a, hit a homer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any other cheaper guys at shortstop for you? 
the cheaper guys, uh, Jose Peraza is the one that I keep going back to again and again. Uh, he's up against Zach Davies. Uh, I, I've, I've liked these late season stolen base guys. They tend to run wild. There's less on the line. Yeah. Uh, they already know that their their team's not in the postseason, so they're out there showing the manager what they can do, and they get the green light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the manager is willing to see it for sure. Um, I had a few, a couple cheaper options. I like Marcus Semyon. I had Corey Seager and Carlos Correa and all those, but um, one is Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis this year has 20 homers and 14 steals, which, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from, but all right, sure. His previous high in homers was seven, which he did it last year. He tripled his his career high, basically. Um, He's doing his damage to righties, not lefties, you know. So I'm uh, I'm okay with this matchup for him against you know Gabriel you know uh, like the Mets bullpen it's whatever, uh so yeah Freddie Galvis uh is a green light for me um and then Jordy Mercer gets Gio Gonzalez and I know Jordy Mercer is a glove first guy that is not that interesting but 8.47 OPS against lefties this year has shown an ability to hit lefties in the past um you know once they go to the bullpen a little less exciting but. He gets Geo. So uh, if you want to get real cheap at shortstop and try and get cute, you know, especially, you know, on such a big day, I think uh, Jordy Mercer is an option. And if he does something, you look really smart. <laughs> and you get some points <laughs> out of that. So, um, yeah, Jordy Mercer and Freddie Galvis are my, my cheaper options at shortstop. Um, anybody else for you at the position before we get to the outfield? I think we can move along. Yeah. Okay. Um, on to the outfield, of which there are a million names, as usual. Uh, who are your favorites on the outfield, Brad? Uh, Mike Trout, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, any day you can get Mike Trout in your lineup, go for it. I've been getting him a lot lately, too. Uh, it's uh, worked out well. And uh, Trey Turner, we've talked about. He's outfield eligible in DraftKings. Uh, I think he's outfield only in FanDuel, if I recall. Uh, so this would be probably where you're looking to use him in most leagues. Beyond that, a uh, couple Orioles you can look at. Mark Trumbo, Adam Jones, uh, Hyunsu Kim. Uh, they're all nice p- picks up against Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, that Orioles stack should be really popular. Uh, Kim's the cheap option, and I don't think you can really use him alone. Uh, so look to string him together with some of the other big names in that lineup. Uh, he just doesn't really have enough power to you know, drive a big point total by himself. He needs some help. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, uh, let's see, what other stacks did I like? I like the Marlins a little bit against uh, Matt Whistler. Uh, that's sure. Christian Yelich mostly. Giancarlo Stanton, if he's in there, is pretty affordable on DraftKings at 4000 And then uh, Marcelo Zuna, I usually reserve for against lefties. Uh, but again, you can get him in there if you're going for a full stack. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. Let's talk about, I want to talk about the Padres outfield. Because the Padres outfield was already interesting. Uh, Jankowski and and Dickerson were kind of interesting. Jankowski's cooled off a little bit. Uh, But now they brought up all their young guys, who are all also kind of interesting. Highlighted by Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot, are are both, you know, top prospects for a little bit. So all of a sudden we have a crowded San Diego outfield. Um, And so it's guys that were doing well before and new guys that we don't know much about yet that have interesting futures. Um, they all get Albert Suarez in the Giants' bullpen, and I think that's a fine matchup, you know, despite uh, Petco. Do any of them stick out to you? They're they're all kind of interesting to me. You know, you, here's the problem, though, is you got to see who's going to start, again, because it's crowded. Right. Like, I have, Jankowski, so first get... I have Jankowski in a head-to-head league going down the stretch, and all of a sudden I'm like, I, you know, he not only is he cooled off, but he's not helping anymore. Um, but, right. Yeah. Uh, of those guys, depending on who gets in there, are you, are you interested in these uh, Padres outfielders? Yeah, they're they're definitely interesting. I find myself with bits of Fadre stacks pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. I'm still mostly focused on the the regular three: uh, Jankowski, Dickerson, and John Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their their standard grouping. Uh, I'm not a big Hunter Renfro fan. Obviously, he has the power. Uh, he could transition that just fine to the majors, but the lack of plate discipline is really concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how well he's going to adjust to big lead ball. Uh, he is one of those guys who uh, scouting report could be a little bit off right now. Uh, you, you see that sometimes when guys reach the majors, they get pitched to in a way that actually goes to their strengths, and they hit a bunch of home runs for two weeks, and then they turn back into pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And that's usually because the scouting report's wrong. Uh, so Renfro could be one of those guys, could have a nice 
hot stretch to start and then cool off. And right now we only have two weeks left in the season. So uh, go ahead and try to ride that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny Margot uh, was showing signs of being fatigued earlier this year. It's my only real concern with him. He's yeah. a great player. Yeah, those those guys, those new guys, you don't ever really know what's going to go on. But, you know, in, in DFS, you want a unique guy with some talent that, you know, not they're not going to be popular. You know, they're not going to be, you know, loading up on them. Um, the problem is if you're in a format where you can't change your lineup later, you know, and, and they're going to be in a late game and you don't know who's going to start, it's hard to, you know, early on, you know, lock them in like that, uh, not knowing who's going to start. But I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. Oh, yeah. Brad, do you like the A's outfield? Chris Davis, Danny Valencia, Jake Spolinski? They get cold. Yeah, same caveat as before uh, with Hamels. Uh, I'm not really expecting the whole stack to go wild. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you want to take one guy out of that and hope he has a really good day, Chris Davis, I I love playing Chris Davis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't seem like anyone else has the same multi-homer threat as him. Uh, When when he's on, he tends to hit two bombs. Yeah. Uh, So... He's been sick, I think. Make sure he gets in the yes, lineup. Yes, that's but, true. Yeah, uh, that is true. If he comes back, okay. He, you know, he got a day off. Hopefully, he's okay. Um, but, but I'm interested there. So, you know, you got a, a guy that can run into one versus a, a pitcher that sometimes allows him. That's a good GPP play for me. I'm interested there. I wrote down George Springer getting Alex Meyer, but it's basically any mm-hmm. Ast- anybody from the Astros you like getting Alex Meyer and you know the Angels bullpen is fine by me. Um, I have, uh, Ender Inciarte is my favorite Braves outfielder. He gets Andrew Kashner. Kashner's had issues with lefties, so if you want to make the most boring pick in the world and take Nick Markakis, you can. Uh, but Ender Inciarte should be just fine. Uh, he, he's been, you know, interesting at the top of the lineup since he's been back. So I'm thinking about that. Um, if you want to dip back into that, you know, Tiger stack, J.D. Martinez getting Danny Duffy again, you know, just... It's a good pitcher, but what a tough matchup, and he likes lefties there. Odubel Herrera gets Gabriel Yanoa. You know, that's the most interesting Philly sitter and should do fine. Are you still on the Roman Quinn bandwagon, or has he cooled off too much for you already? No, no I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah. I, I love his athleticism and speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for DFS purposes, he, he has to be cheap, and his price has been creeping up a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he's in punt territory, yeah, I'm all in. He's got some pop. He has multi-steal threat. Uh, I, I like where the skills are. I, I do expect him to take a year plus to really adjust to the majors. He's jumping from double A and he's been hurt like his entire career. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, a little underexperienced for his amount of professional uh, seasoning. Yep. Um, I also, last couple names, I mean, you could take Rangers outfielders getting Kendall Graveman, right? If you want Carlos Beltran, Nomar Mazzara, should be fine. Not exciting, yeah. but doable. And then the last one I really like, Robbie Grossman getting James Faxon. Robbie Grossman has just murdered left-handed pitching this year. And not not bad against righties, but uh, really good against lefties. And he gets James Faxon. Are you thinking about Robbie Grossman at all? Yeah, you can think about him. He should be pretty unpopular. Mm-hmm. Uh, not someone that was at the top of my list, but again, uh, it works. Especially if you're trying to get some twins in there against Faxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sneaky stack. Uh, Faxon does have his really off days. Yeah. Uh, catch the right one, you'll look smart. I, I like Paxton. You know, there there aren't a lot of twins I'm I'm really scared of, but uh, but he, you're right. He, he has kind of the Taiwan Walker thing, where sometimes he's on and he you know looks great and he ruins people, and sometimes he gets blown up a little bit. So uh, that makes him an interesting DFS pick for sure. Brad, I'm about out of outfielders. I mean, take Blue Jays guys against Brian Mitchell too. But uh, who who else are you looking at in the outfield before I move on? Uh, Giants against Edwin Jackson. We've mm-hmm. not talked enough about Giants. Uh, you know, Brandon Belt works. They've been uh, so cold, though. I mean, you're not yeah. wrong, but just, what an. I mean, I'm not a Giants fan, and I'm still so uninspired. You know? Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're talking Edwin Jackson here. Yes, you're right. You are. Yeah, give some consideration to these guys. Yep. Uh, Belt's probably at the top of my list. He's first base, obviously. And uh, Hunter Pence also works. If you're going the stack, go ahead and throw an Angel Pagan or uh, even Denard Span. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not too excited about either of those latter picks. Yeah. Uh, some Mets against Helixson. Uh, Curtis Granderson's been pretty hot lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ioannis Espedes uh, had some heroics yesterday. Uh, looks good. Won't have the platoon advantage, and Helixson's done well against righties. Uh, another instance where I probably wouldn't really stack against Helixson, but I more than happy to use one or two guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. And the Phillies bullpen, so yeah, should be fine. Uh, anybody else for you? As always, there's others. We can move on. Okay. Yeah, we, <laughs> you, we you covered know, we to, to tab every single player. Yeah, the favorites. All right. So uh, as we get into pitchers, want to want to reward our guest here for being up early with us. Well, had a, a, a pitching question. Um, he asked, "Do you like Paxton, Liriano, Bauer, or Pomeranz?" And he uh, says his points league and wins are important. So we're looking for a win. Paxton, Liriano, Bauer, or Pomeranz. Uh, I'm gonna start with Bauer. He's allowed 20 runs across his past four starts. Not on a good run for Trevor Bauer. If that, I mean, it's only four starts, but he gets the White Sox. I like the matchup okay, but I'm at least thinking twice that he's, you know, he's in a bit of a funk. Pomeranz, again, maybe one of the most talented pitchers of that group, but what do you, what do you do with him getting the Rays? Who can actually hit lefties a little bit? Yeah, so we might as well talk about Pomeranz now. Yeah. Uh, there's, Putting aside the Rays for a second, because that's a, another can of worms to talk about. But putting aside the Rays, he's, since joining the American Leagues, pretty average. Uh, just kind of a, a normal rotation pitcher. Uh, not someone who has the ace-like ceiling that he is showing with the Padres. And the going theories are there's that minor injury that he's taking like aspirin for or something when he joined the Red Sox. It's uh, part of that whole uh, brouhaha about the uh, mm. trading uh, habits. Uh, so he had some sort of like minor injury when he came over. Maybe that's still bothering him a little bit. He's also pitched way beyond anything he's done in recent history. I think 2013 was the last time he was within like 30 innings of what he's done now. Mm. Uh, so could he just be flat out tired. Yeah. Uh, the American League also is a tough league. And we all thought Pomeranz was pitching above his head when he went over to it. So we could just be looking at normal regression, too, or some combination thereof. So there, there's a lot of things going on with Pomeranz just as a pitcher and trying to figure out you know, what we should actually be expecting from him. Uh, as for the Rays component, you have a team that has a reputation of lefty mashing. Uh, they've also divested themselves of several of those lefty mashers. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're, you're really looking at Evan Longoria to do most of the damage against Southpaws. And I'm not sure that him alone is really going to drive the offense crazy. Uh, Logan Forsyth, obviously a good hitter. Uh, but he's a good hitter against both hands. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not someone I'm really constraining myself to only against lefties. Uh, so there's a couple guys that can do damage. But again, it's not terribly scary. Uh, the game is at uh, Tropicana Field, which is pitcher-friendly. Pomeranz is still striking out over a uh, batter per inning. Uh, so there is upside. You can get that day where he strikes out eight and seven innings and allows two runs. Uh, that, that option's there. Uh, he's going to have a hard time earning a win against Chris Archer, though, and I think that was a big component of that question you asked. Yeah, trying to get that win. So um, so Bauer and Pomeranz pretty lukewarm on. Would you think about Liriano getting the Yankees? Is there just yeah, Liriano against the Yankees is, if you're chasing the win only, that's uh -huh. definitely going to be one of the more attractive options. The Blue Jays should be able to put some firepower together against uh, Mitchell. If they don't, I'll be faintly surprised. You know, it's baseball, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, at least on paper, it looks like they should be able to drive in some runs against Mitchell. Yeah. So my favorite, at least four, is James Paxton. I think I'm just a James Paxton guy, but he gets the Twins. And as long as Brian Dozier doesn't hit two or three home runs off of him, you know, and I like Robbie Grossman and Miguel Sano, but do you like this matchup for James Paxton going to Minnesota? Yeah, I, I like it reasonably well. Uh, we mentioned he has that meltdown potential. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I guess it really depends where you're sitting um, and what you need. Right. Uh, you mentioned needing the win. Uh, he's got a good shot at it against Gibson, but yeah. if a meltdown is going to really ruin your your season, right. then you might want to consider a different guy. If if you're on the line in ERA and WHIP, uh, whether it's head yeah. to head or roto, yeah, um, I like that though. Of those four, that's my favorite. So those are those are a bunch of our pitchers out of the way. Um, you mentioned uh, you know the best pitchers might be what Archer getting the Red Sox. Are they too scary for you for Chris Archer? Uh, that's a really tough one to buy into. They are, uh, they, on, are, they are a tough offense. They're a tough offense, and they're firing on all cylinders right now. They're ready to go. They're hot at the right time. I mean, if you buy into that, to me, that just means they're all healthy, you know. But, uh, yeah, 
you can do it, but I don't have a bunch of confidence in that uh, personally. Another great pitcher going today, uh, Cole Hamels going to Oakland. Part of me is like, oh, Oakland's not that scary. And part of me is like, there's a lot of those guys that hit lefties that I like. Um, do you feel okay with Cole Hamels going to Oakland? I feel okay with it. I, I don't. I'm not against using him. Uh, just as I'm not against using a couple athletics, I, I don't really see them putting together many sustained rallies against him. But they're a solo home run type team as it is, and uh, Hamels is a solo home run type pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can see. Two or three of those. Could see a Josh Tomlin like start where he does yeah. fine as the quick, has the uh, quality start but still allows a dinger or two. Um, let's see, John Gray going to the Dodgers. You know, he decimated the Padres last time out. You okay with John Gray going to LA? Yeah, it's a riskier play than the Padres, obviously, but he, he looks so good. Mm-hmm. And he is good. Like, he has that, that ace level ceiling. It's uh, he's getting more consistent with it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm pleased with the way Gray's season has turned out. I had my doubts entering the year. I thought he'd just be one of those guys who could have been somebody at sea level and was getting ruined by Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's really turned a corner. I'm, I'm glad because he looks good. I like when the Ra- the Rockies actually have actual pitchers. Yeah, I think people want to see a good Rockies pitcher. Like, Ibaldo Jimenez is the last time that happened. It's exciting. Yeah. Like, you- I don't know that it's like Rockies fans. Yoni Shoshin was decent for a bit, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want to see a good Rockies pitcher. People are rooting for John Gray. Uh, it's good. Michael Fulmer gets the Royals. The Royals aren't that scary anymore. But Michael Fulmer is going cold. And I don't think it's regression as much as he's gassed, right? He has a Yeah, I he, think it's pretty much it. Yeah. He, there might be a, a bit of regression in there. Uh, he certainly didn't profile to be an ace. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, he was one for yeah. a bit. ERA is over six over his last five starts. Uh, he's just too cold for me. I think I'm staying away there. Like I said, Trevor Bowers, you know, been rough lately. You can do it against the White Sox. He's been rough. On the flip side, Jeremy Hellickson gets the Mets. Uh, no earned runs in his last two starts, and the Mets aren't that scary to me. You know, Hellickson's pitching fine. You okay with Hellickson going to New York? Yeah, I'm fine with Hellickson. I'm not using him on DraftKings where he's over 10,000, but Oof. on FanDuel, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I like him. I don't know I like him at that price, but uh, I like him <laughs> for sure. Um, how about Anthony DeSclafani going to Milwaukee? Are you fine with that? That That's another one on DraftKings. He's over 11,000. That's not for me. Yeah. The park's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do like the matchup. I like picking on the Brewers. Uh, they're so strikeout prone. Mm-hmm. Uh, DraftKings has seemingly picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, they're they're very reactive to uh, trends like that. So you, you, it's hard to get a pattern that you use regularly that isn't going to get penalized by a high price. Yep. No, uh, I, I like righties going getting Milwaukee. You know, um, on the flip side though, do you like Zach Davies getting the Reds? Uh, Matt and I both picked him for our field of streams pick. A uh, guy less than fifty percent on Yahoo leagues that we're we're putting our names on. Are you okay with Zach Davies getting the Reds? Yeah, I'm okay with it. He yeah. costs on DraftKings like five thousand less than De Sclafani. Yeah, and I prefer De Sclafani to Davies, but not by that wide of a yeah. margin. Yeah, it, he he's like a six hundred or seven hundred dollar cheaper pitcher to me. Yeah, I'm yeah, just... I like that matchup, but he's affordable enough to use. Yeah, I'm not that worried about the Reds. I mean, Joey Votto's having an incredible second half, and there's some interesting names on there, but like a decent pitcher can have a decent day for sure. Uh, not a huge ceiling, but but very playable for Zach Davies. Um, other than that, last name I might have. I have two more names on my list. Um, Jameson Tyone gets the the Nationals. Jameson Tyone's totally fine. It's not a great matchup. It's okay. Yeah, this seems like another middling one for me. Would you consider Tyone getting the Washington? Yeah, he he doesn't post big strikeout totals, or and he's not really a complete game threat. Mm-hmm. So you you are capped in what you're going to get out of him. The matchup's fine. You know, I think he can survive against the Nationals. They're you know, not going all out right now. They've got the division on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's a fine matchup for him, but you're restricted in your ceiling. Yeah, he's a very middling, okay pitcher. If you went with him, i go, all right, but just, there's not a lot to love there. Um, the last name on my list, if you want to get real, uh, real deep and real cute, Doug Fister gets the Angels. <laughs> and Doug Fister for his many flaws, has allowed a 6.09 OPS to right-handed batters this year. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the Angels lineup is pretty much all right-handed. 
You know, it's Cole yeah. Calhoun, and anybody else that's left-handed is, you know, who, whatever. It's a triple-A <laughs> guy that's up. Doug Fester gets, you know, uh, beat up by lefties, but yeah. And the Angels don't strike out as much as I wish they did, but they're still, they're beatable. Would you consider Doug Fister getting Anaheim? I wouldn't, but uh, by by your rationale, I, I don't have an issue with yeah. going with it, especially as a second pitcher on DraftKings. Yeah. That, that second pitcher is often a throwaway. You're just trying to get 15 points out of the guy. Fister mm-hmm. um, can do that. Mister, uh, the, the issues I have with him is you have to get like a complete game out of him in order to realize any value. And, and he could beat Alex Meyer. There could be an easy win in there, potentially, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's not exciting. I mean, I'm not streaming him. I'm, I'm not, you know, running out and grabbing him. But if there are matchups where Doug Fister's playable, and getting an all-right-handed lineup like this makes me go, okay, you know, yeah. sure. If he had strikeouts, I would say go for him regardless of mm-hmm. location. But since he really doesn't, that limits his ceiling. Absolutely. Uh, I do like that his win should be almost automatic today. Yeah. So I'm I'm at least not excited about it, but he is in a situation where it's an option. That's the best thing I can say about Doug Fister is he's in a situation where he is an option. Um, <laughs> all right, those were that was my list of pitchers. Uh, did you have anybody else on here on, on the we're uh, thinking about? I think we've covered just about everyone. Gio yeah. Gonzalez is occasionally very rarely good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I loved him I, years ago. Yeah. You're but. thinking about. Jamison Tyone, uh, you, you can go after Gonzalez, too, on the flip side of that game. Uh, not in the same lineup, but as a mm-hmm. similar narrative. Uh, so if Tyone, you're looking for good production and a short burst. Uh, Gio, you're looking for okay production and a long burst. Yeah, uh, that, that, That's your, your goal. Like Something like seven strikeouts of eight innings and yeah. a few runs. Danny Duffy is the best pitcher we haven't discussed in this sense, but we went over him earlier. Just too bad of a matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the matchup's really tough. Yeah, uh, he, and he's most expensive on both sites, I believe. Yeah, so that, that makes it doubly hard to use him. Um, you don't want Kendall Graveman getting the Rangers, I assume. Uh, you want Albert? I'm not a Graveman fan yet. Yeah, I, I see some potential for him to be a future Kyle Hendricks type. Uh, figured out his uh, soft contact rate stuff, uh, but not yet. About uh, Albert Suarez getting the Padres, just way too low of a ceiling. No thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back yeah. on pitch deep doesn't really strike out anyone. All right. Those are all the pitchers I could consider that I could think about <laughs> on Friday. Um, let's take a peek at the weekend before we get out of here. Um, Matt and I had the same pick on Friday with Zach Davies. We have the same pick on Saturday. Robbie Ray gets uh, Baltimore. And you and I talked about this a little bit before the show. Just insane amount of strikeouts for him so far. I knew he could strike guys out, but I didn't know what he was doing. I know he was you know, getting hit a little bit earlier in the year, but... You know, people are sleeping on him in terms of ownership rates. He's under 50%, and so Matt and I are in, and he gets Baltimore, which uh, you could get hit there too, but there are strikeouts to be had in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. um, so we're, we're both taking Robbie Ray. Um, Joe Ross is back. He gets Pittsburgh. Taylor Youngman's back. He gets the Reds. I mean, Taylor Youngman hasn't shown a lot, but he's back. Tim uh, Norris gets the, the Royals. Um, anything sticking out to you on Saturday, Brad, that you're interested in either playing or watching? Uh, Alex Reyes up against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, uh, he's been dominant since joining the league, and the Cubs is about as hard of a matchup as you can get. Uh, yep. Even with them playing their backups, uh, they still have pretty scary lineups out there. Yep, it's Wrigley. It's the rival. Alex Reyes is a top prospect. It's not coming out of nowhere. You know, you're not going. Who's this guy that's suddenly good? It's yeah, they were hoping he'd be this good. So. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in that, especially with the rivalry and playoffs coming, too. Um, you got a uh, Clayton Kershaw matchup, too, at night. Yes, it's the Rockies at home, and that's always uh, always worth taking a peek at. And Madison Bumgarner going to the Padres will be uh, fun, too. Um, and then let's go ahead and peek at Sunday as well. Matt and I, frustratingly, uh, you know, had all the same picks this weekend. He said, you know, great minds think alike. Tyler Anderson goes to the Dodgers. We're both big on Tyler Anderson. The Dodgers can't hit lefties to save their life. Uh, you know, it's a great matchup for him. I am all in on Tyler Anderson uh, on Sunday, uh, going to L.A. But some other interesting stuff, too, for Sunday. Brandon Finnegan gets the Brewers. I'm, I'm a little bit into Brandon Finnegan lately, uh, even though they can hit lefties. So there's going to be some DFS options on, on both sides there. 
Um, Jake Thompson, you know, trying to look a little bit better. He gets the Mets. You know, he has prospect potential that I'd like to see him live up to, at least more than he had when he uh, started his career. Um, who else are you looking at on Sunday, uh, Brad, that, that sticks out to you? Did you mention Rich O, or did I... I, I had not mentioned Rich O. Uh, somehow <laughs> I mentioned... The Tyler Anderson matchup. Uh, somehow I got so excited about Tyler Anderson, I did not mention Rich O. Uh, <laughs> Rich O is a given. He gets the Rockies. So that's going to be a fun matchup, for sure, between the two of them. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't let Rich O go with you on the mic. Not the way he's been <laughs> pitching. Are you kidding? No, I'm all about that. Uh, yeah, that'll be great. Uh, two two young guys I want to watch. Uh, Joe Musgrove up against the Angels. Solid matchup. Uh, Musgrove has been inconsistent. He's going to be a future command and control guy, uh, contact specialist, more so than someone's going to rack up strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always takes some time to figure out, uh, as opposed to an Alex Reyes who comes in and just overpowers everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch on Sunday, see if Musgrove is showing some improvement. And then uh, Joe Cotton, similar situation. He's going to be a guy who limits contact in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's up against the Rangers. That's a much tougher assignment. Yeah, interesting guys. You know, it's it's uh, September. We're getting a peek at the future a little bit, which is cool. Um, even though they're not dominating yet. Oh, and Jose Fernandez gets the Braves. You know, okay, oh, yeah. right on. Uh, Jose Fernandez, the guy who was supposed to be shut down a while ago, yeah. finally pitched more than seven innings too. <laughs> oh, really? I missed that. Yeah. There were eight innings last time. So it's for some and, reason uh, not a hard cap. Yeah. And they don't do they did it at the end of the season? I don't that's weird. Yeah, they did it at the end of the season after they said they're gonna shut him down like multiple times already. <laughs> the Marlins are I don't weird. know what they're doing. The Marlins have yeah, had the a str- they've had a strangely not weird year. They've been kinda quiet. There hasn't been that many Marlins shenanigans so far this season. But uh yeah. He he gets the Braves, so it's always uh, worth taking a look at for sure. All right, well, that should about do it for us for Friday and for the weekend. Brad is on Twitter at BaseballAteam. Uh, Brad, what do you got going on lately as the season winds down? Uh, just just getting through it right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lots of player picks still to write, lots of dynasty stuff. Uh, starting to flesh out a little bit of an outline for what I'll be doing after the season's done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Dynasty stuff getting ready to move on. for Brad. Brad doing the short term and the long term. Uh, again, on Twitter <laughs> at, uh, at Baseball A-Team. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. Thanks if you uh, listen this early. Um, and if not, thanks for listening in the future, which is what you're doing when you hear this. Uh, we got one more live show next Friday. Again, Paul Spore not confirmed, but but trying to figure that out. We'll have somebody with us for the last show of the year. Uh, Matt and I, of course, will be back on Monday to those weekday shows as well as we uh, wrap up the season strong. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for Brad, I'm Dylan. Have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy, or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.